Ben, over to you. Yeah, we've got uh, quite a few questions. I think we're all wondering um, whether them stools look as comfortable as they look. They are. <laughs> 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 um, it was quite interesting there, um, Gary, that you touched on tracing um, because it hasn't been mentioned too much. And we've got a question from Danny here that's, uh, that asks, has technology bypassed this element of recovery because it did used to be big 10, 15 mm. years ago in terms of contacting people and, and making sure they had the right addresses, we had the right addresses and then going after them. Um, do you think that using emails and mobile phone numbers that people don't necessarily change has kind of bypassed that speciality? I think it depends on your uh, customer population. You know, within Spark Energy, you've got a very transient population of customers moving from one property to the next in a very short period of time. You know, and I suppose the question that I would ask back to Danny is, well, do you know what? Actually, if you've exhausted your text message and emails, what, have you, you know, what is it that you do have left? Yeah. I think that's where the trace element comes into it. But as a first port of call, you know, contact details absolutely would be the first uh, port of call. And then you'd move on to trace and collect afterwards. Caroline? I think it varies by, by sector. Obviously, mm. in the utility sector, as Gary just said, people move about and move about deliberately. Um, online lending, online route to market, online, people tend not to change their email addresses. Mm. So wherever they are moving about to, they're taking those with them because they've got them linked to the, the Twitter, their Instagrams and, and all the other social platforms. Thank you. Um, before we move on to some more vulnerable questions, because we've been a few of them fired in, um, got a question from Jane Shaw. Um, she asked, do you think it's more likely for the warrant payers to contact us now and throw in some buzzwords to try and avoid payment? Uh, might be a cynical view, but I'm Absolutely. sure we can answer to that. <laughs> Absolutely. I think there is... Uh there's an awful lot of messages, and they tend to be more on the text messages and the short, sweet type emails that it sort of allows us to say that, to judge them as not particularly vulnerable, but we'll still have a look where it's uh, a very short sentence with the word stress thrown in it three times. <laughs> so absolutely, it is, you know, this is, you're stressing me out because you've sent me a text message. And that would be your response. Oh, so yeah. I, absolutely, is, is, yeah, I agree. I think whilst I worked in financial services uh, and we looked at things like ability to debate and obviously you had quite a strong FCA focus, yeah. you know, you'd probably see um, keywords being mentioned more often. Um, <clears throat> whilst I'm in utilities, we've got, uh, sort of, we've got a, an FCA type focus now moving across the utilities section whereby they are starting to talk about uh, ability to pay. So I am expecting a similar um, outcome as a result, unfortunately. Yeah, I think some of uh, Paul's presentation this afternoon covers some of the uh, aspects of that as well. So look forward to that one. Um, so as I say, going back to the vulnerable customer questions, um, I think some of the audience are looking for actual practical advice on how to deal with customers. So if, if, if anyone would would like to share any tactics that you use rather than an overall strategy? I think it's like anybody, whether they, what type of vulnerability we're talking about. So if it's financial distress, then that should be reasonably straightforward to, um, to check in terms of uh, 
uh, and even more so going forward, the likes of open banking. Obviously, you can use bureau information at the moment. I think in terms of some of the other types of vulnerability, health, again, is, is another thing, depending on the, the health problem, which can be validated to some extent. You've got to do it sensitively, but you still can validate it. Um, you're more problematic or, you're, or, or, or probably your, um, uh, your, your mental health issues where you know, you've probably just got to make judgment calls sometimes based on maybe the history of the account, um, uh, your ability to speak to that person or whether they're putting you onto somebody else who's going to explain to you what that person's uh, actual is. And so some of the, the actual tactics you may use is asking to speak to, permission to speak to somebody else, a friend, family member, etc. Uh, in, in other cases, there are different types of information you can get that can be validated, and I would encourage people to where uh, it's appropriate to, to validate uh, what, what people are saying, because straight away that, that gives them a choice either to sort of be able to do that or back off and say, well, actually, no, I haven't lost my job, I can't, uh, I can't, yeah. can't use that now because you've asked me to prove it. So it's, it, I think, but I think that's always been the case, to be perfectly honest. I think. The reality now is it's just being given a different label uh, and, and the regulator sort of expects a bit more due diligence from you as a, a, an individual company. So I don't think a great deal's changed except maybe uh, how you go about it and ensuring yeah. that you do it in a, in, in a proper way. And what I'd add to that, so I, I agree completely, what I'd add to that is, you know, if you have a customer that's got a vulnerability, you know, at a certain period of time, or say after a certain period of time, review that customer, go back to this customer, check to see if their circumstances have changed, you know, make sure that you're not going to exacerbate uh, a, a pre-existing issue, obviously, be careful what you do, <coughs> but don't feel like you can't come go back to that customer in X period yeah. and not have a, another conversation with them to say, Okay, are you, are you in work now? You know. Well, one of the other questions is about how CRS apply breathing space and payment breaks. And I suppose following on from that, Gary, is how does that lead into a practical strategy for CRS? How do they do that, Caroline? So we apply our, our four beds. We have our, our, our own area where all the customers that who either want the financial breathing space or non-financial breathing space We'll actually ring fence them out of the main collections process. So we have a, a whole series of uh, systems and platforms that allows us to communicate with the customer or with the customer's appointed third party or with, or with the debt management customer. Um, that links right from the whether the customer tells us this over the telephone or whether they tell us this um, via the website or, or, or whatever platform. Where we'll acknowledge that we're doing, and then just deal straight with it with the with the appointed third parties. Um, the we have a process that once the accounts come off breathing space, it'll fall into a specialist team that will look after those customers rather than it just goes right. Here's your 35 days, snap, bang, straight back into collections. So it's all all ring fenced and dealt with separately. Great. Uh, one of the first questions that came in, I think it's a good one. Um, I'm not sure. I might cut it down to instead of the three most important factors to having a good, strong, compliant collection performance. Maybe if you if you can all just give us your number one top tip. I would say simply people have got to be well trained and yeah. and, and know what the the, the the guidelines they're working to. Well, yeah. that encompasses a lot. It, it's key. If you haven't got well trained staff, they're going to make mistakes and they're going to get you in trouble. Yeah. yeah. And then, on top of that, I'd probably add 
reporting and oversight, having a good view of your customer base to understand you know, where your key areas are and um, proactively managing those customers. Yeah. Yeah. From an outsource point of view, it, it's the partnership. It's it, mm. it's making sure you know, they touched it earlier. Is it but what creates that debt? Making sure you can have those meaningful conversations, and that we've got a relationship that's close enough that says, "Is this collection strategy working? Is it not?" So it's, it's keeping that partnership live and fresh. It was a good question. That one. It was. Mm. Good answers as well. <laughs> um, I think that's it. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you very much. Well, can we get down now? Thank you. Um, yes. Um, it's a really tough job, that. Uh, so thank you very much to all the panel. Really great.